Please turn in your Bibles to 1 John chapter 2. While you're turning there, I'm going to begin this section with a quote from Thomas F. Johnson, who writes, Verses 12 through 14 have described the victorious, faithful community. The Apostle John has assured believers of their wealth of spiritual resources. They are forgiven, that's in 1 John 2.12. And then in verses 13 and 14, they know Jesus. They have overcome the evil one. They know the Father. They are strong and the word of God dwells in them. And now he warns them against losing what they have gained by compromising with the world. And says in verses 15 through 17, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the, fa- the love of the Father is not in him. Verse 16, And all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it, but he who does the will of God, abides forever. Alright. This begins our new series that I have entitled, In the World, but not of the world. Amen? <laughs> Alright. What, what all these verses tell us, I know sometimes we feel like we're, we're, we're of it as well. But anyway, what this verse tells us is that spiritual growth requires us to distance ourselves from worldliness and the associated things of the world. In other words, even though we are in the world, we cannot be of the world, because the Apostle James says in James 4.4, You adulterers, don't you realize that friendship with this world makes you an enemy of God? Amen? Now, we need to be careful about this, because the Bible does say God so loved the world that He gave. So we are to love the people in the world, but not take part in what they are doing in the world. Do you understand? Accordingly, as I. Howard Marshall puts it, in the writings of John, world signifies more usually mankind organized in rebellion against God. It is under the control of the evil one, and so as Donald Guthrie writes, there is therefore in 1 John a strong parallel between the world and and the devil. Alright, now we see it very clearly in 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. I'll just get through some of these first. And I'll talk to you in a minute. The Apostle Paul writes there, Satan, the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. Notice he identifies Satan as the God of this world. Not the earth, the world. We'll see the difference later on. That's the reason why Jesus said in John 12.31, Now is the judgment of this world, now the ruler of this world will be cast out. Notice that this world is under judgment. And the person behind it all is is going to be cast out as well. Amen? Alright, one more scripture. Having heard these words from the lips of Jesus himself, the Apostle John writes in 1 John 5.19, We know that we we are children of God, And that the world around us is under the power and control of the evil one. Alright, so I've given you a lot of scriptures here to to get us going. (laughs) Okay, 
Because there's a lot of things I want to say, and we need to understand all of this before we know what to stay away from and, and what to gravitate towards. Because the Apostle John says again, do not love the world and the things or the things of the world. Now he's going to identify, remember again verse 16, identified what those things were. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, pride of life. Amen. So we're going to look at all of those individually. But right now what I want you to do is understand that this world is under the control of something. Alright. Now we are a part of the kingdom of God. That kingdom is where? It's in us. Remember what Jesus said, don't look around you. The kingdom isn't out here. The kingdom is in here. Do you understand that there is a war going on between the kingdom in here and the world out there? But do you understand it's not you against the world. It's the kingdom of God in you against the world. That, that's, why, that's why you should overcome every you know, obstacle, every situation. You should be winning over all of it because you have a whole kingdom residing in you. And if we can just understand that, if we can just open our eyes, if we get a revelation of that, it will change everything. Amen? Because, see, what Jesus came to do is place a kingdom in us. Get us saved, get us born again, born from above, is that what that term actually means, and put a kingdom in us so that this kingdom will invade the kingdom that's outside here. Are you all with me? Amen. You know, instead of the other way around. And that's the reason why we can't love the world, because the kingdom that is in us requires our heart to be true to it. And if our heart begins to stray... See, love is of the heart, it's not of the mind. Do you all know that? Okay. If our heart begins to stray, then the kingdom within cannot do what it's meant to do in our lives and in the lives of the people around us. See, this isn't just for us. This is for us to help others as well. Amen? And, you know, if, if we don't give ourselves... To God, if we don't love God with all of our heart, which is what Jesus said. You know, remember when the Lord tested him, he said, what, what is the greatest commandment? And he said, I'll give you two that covers everything. Huh? He said, love God, number one, love your neighbor, number two, that covers it all. And notice again, it both had to do with love. It didn't have to do with don't do this, don't do that, you know, don't kill, don't steal, don't, okay. <laughs> okay? Because we go down that road, don't we? All right? Jesus didn't go down that road. He said, if you love, then you won't do any of that stuff. Amen. All right. So let's get back to this. <clears throat> One of the best examples of this world being influenced by the enemy is found in J Daniel chapter 10, where, where we find Daniel fasting and praying and interceding for his nation. And suddenly an angel appears to him. And it says in verses 12 and 13, Then he, that is the angel, said to me, that's Daniel, Do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God. Notice why he's getting an answer. Because he humbled himself before his God. Okay, Your words were heard. What words were these? He was in prayer. Amen? Okay. And I have come because of your words. Okay, we can say prayers. Verse 13. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. And behold, Michael, one of the chief princesses 
I love that. Okay, came to help me, for I had been left alone there with the kings of Persia. Now, <clears throat> don't you love all the heavenly terms? Huh? We've got the prince of Persia and we have this chief prince, Michael. Who is this chief prince? And why was Michael sent? Well, in Revelation chapter 12, we find out why. In verses 7 and 8, it says, And war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels, this chief prince has his own angels. Okay, he's called an archangel. Okay, Michael and his angels fought with the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought, but they did not prevail. Notice they lost. That's what it means. Okay, did not prevail, they lost. Okay, nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So you understand why he, you know, he said, Get Michael! We're stuck here. You know, poor Daniel is down there praying for 21 days. Notice he said from the first moment you started praying, I was sent. Do you understand? God wasn't testing and trying Daniel. See, this is again one of the things that we really need to understand. That if things are taking time, it's not because God is slow to answer. It might be because there's a sickle in the system that needs to be moved. That's the reason why God asks us to pray. See, a lot of people have, are under the false impression that God can do anything that He wants to. How many have heard that? Well, the verses that I've just read in Daniel tell you otherwise. Can I get an amen on that? Okay. Because had God just had any, you know, the rule and reign of everything, then there wouldn't have been a 21 day wait. <laughs> okay. It wouldn't have been like, lodge your papers and we'll get back to you in 21 days. That wouldn't have <laughs> That's, that's not what would have happened. I mean, it would have been bang and you have it straight away. Are you with me? Alright? And so we need to understand that there are systems in, in operation. There are things going on. And if we, you know, if we take this simple, quick way, easy way out of thinking, well, God can do whatever He wants, that we're never going to understand what, is, what it actually takes on our part to do what we need to do in order for God to do what He wants to do, desires to do, because God, you know, God so loved that He gave everything. Now He's waiting on us. Can I say that? And so we need to learn how to release that power, release what is inside of us, so that it begins to fight back. And the way we do that is to understand what the Apostle John is writing here. And he says, don't love the world. Don't love the things in the world. Because they do something to compromise your power, compromise everything about you, compromise your position with me, everything. That's God, okay? Me, not, not me over here, <laughs> okay? <clears throat> and when we do that, then it looks like the devil is winning. Then it looks like God doesn't care. Do you know that's... Let me just get on that for a second. That is one of the, 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 the greatest deceptions... That the devil sells people. That God doesn't care. He sells it based on God can do anything that he wants to. Anytime he wants to. And if it isn't working for you right now, then God is just not doing it for you. And Or he's testing you, he's trying you, whatever it is. Are you all with me? And, you know, and it, it's that kind of simplistic thinking that causes problems. We, we never understand what happened in, in Genesis. We never understand that God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion. Do you know why he said, let them have dominion? 
Because he could have had dominion. Do you understand? It's like somebody at work, you know, the boss, coming down and everybody saying, well, whatever you say goes. And he say, and, and the boss turns around, he or she, <laughs> okay, <laughs> turns around and says, you know what? Whatever she says, let that be what is done. See, now I've given authority to her. Now, if they disobey her, they're disobeying me. Are you all with me? But the thing is right now, whatever she says, you better do. And I'm you know, hoping now that she's going to do the right thing. <laughs> the whole company now is in her hands. See, that's what I mean by, that's what God meant by let them have dominion. Almost, almost feel like God held his breath after that. I thought, I hope they do it right. And we know they didn't, okay, sadly. Alright, but that's, the, that, that's how the devil became the God of this world. Because dominion was given to him when Adam and Eve decided to go against God, to disobey God. In a sense, they rebelled against God and what he had said. Because God gave them one thing to do. One thing. They gave him one job. <laughs> okay? And then, eat of everything, but that one don't. I mean, how difficult is that? One tree. And it wasn't forever. I, don't, I honestly don't believe it was forever. Are you with me? Because it was a knowledge that they weren't ready for. We need to be careful what we ask God for. Sometimes we're not ready for the things that we ask God for. That's the reason why we need to... It's not that God doesn't want us to have it. It's just we're not ready for it yet. There are some things that I look back on my life and I think, my gosh, you know, had I waited a bit longer, I would have done better with that. But no, I had to have it right then. And give it to me. And splat, splat. And had a little, you know, had a spat and everything. And God, you don't love me. Otherwise, you'd give it to me. You know the thing we do? Then we ask it. Then we get it. Then it doesn't quite work out the way it, we thought it was going to work out. Then we go, God, why did you give it to me? If we could only rewind that tape a little bit. And hear all the whining and carrying on that you did to get it to begin with. It amazes me how people forget that part. <laughs> okay? That's why I say, you know what? Just go to God about everything and say, God, what do you have to say about this? Amen? And then listen to Him. Don't try to negotiate your way through it. Okay, anyway. Because pastor said, I can have whatever I say. Yeah, but according to God's will. If you're getting a no, leave it as a no. It might be a temporary no. Amen? Okay. It is this fallen angelic opposition we're talking about here from what we saw in um, Daniel. That the Apostle Paul refers to when he writes in Ephesians 6.12. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. But against principalities, against powers. Against the rulers of the darkness of this age. Against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Now not in heaven, because they're not in heaven. Okay, Heavenly places talks about the atmosphere. Do you understand? Do you all know the three heavens? You all know? Okay, a quick, quick revision for those that don't know. The, <laughs> the Bible talks about three heavens. So when it talks about heavenly, we need to understand which heaven we're talking about. Okay, The Bible talks about the heaven, which is the atmosphere over the earth. It talks about the heaven that is the stars and the planet that goes beyond that atmosphere. And it talks, that's the second heaven. 
This is the first one. And the third heaven is the one where God lives. Okay, another dimension. Okay, a spiritual realm. Heaven. So when we talk about heavenly places, you know, don't jump into the wrong place. See, that's the, okay? that's the other thing we need to understand. That the devil, and a lot of people don't realize this, that the devil has been confined to this planet. Which is why he fights us so hard to, 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 to stop us from leaving it. Uh, let me just say this very quickly. You know, <clears throat> uh, the astronauts that went out uh, uh, into space, uh, one, one of them was a very strong Christian. I won't mention names and stuff, okay? One of them was a very strong Christian, and he said something extraordinary happened. He said, you know, while he was down here, he would pray for things, and they would take a while to come. He said as soon as he got into space, you know, look, a praying Christian in space, okay? He said whatever he prayed for happened immediately. When I first heard that, I thought, what? <laughs> God, what's going on? And then I realized something, that everything that, that went on, happened on this planet. It didn't happen on Mars. It didn't happen on Jupiter. It didn't happen on anywhere else but here. This planet has life. This planet has the life, and not just life, but those that are in the image and likeness of God. Do you all understand? And so, what the devil wanted was that image. He wanted these people. He didn't care about anything else. This is who we wanted. Because we were made in the image and likeness of God. Because we were given dominion. And if he could get some... See, this is the reason why he can't go and attack all the other planets like what he does down here. Do you know this is the only planet that has a curse on it? Now, I've, I've, done, I've sort of gone through all that with you guys. And the ones that have been here know what I'm talking about. Don't have time for it here. I want to get back to this. <clears throat> so, what we need to do is understand that it is these forces that influence the fallen world. And the vast systems of this age, which are in direct opposition to God. And what the phrase, the world, it's a Greek word, cosmos, in 1 John 2.15 actually makes reference to. Now, let me read something to you from the Full Life Study Bible. It says, it consists not only in the obviously evil, immoral, and sin pleasures of the world, but also refers to a spirit of rebellion, resistance, or indifference to God. Boy, I tell you, there's all of those things. We can see a lot of that in the sciences. Let me just continue because this has a lot more to say. In this age, Satan inspires and uses the world's ideas, morality, philosophies, psychology, desires, governments, culture, education, science, or I could preach on every one of these, art, <laughs> economic systems, mass media, and so on, to oppose God, His people, His word, and His righteous standards. And it goes on to say, finally, the world also includes all man-made religious systems as well. That is a mouthful there. But I want you to understand that there are things out there. Now, obviously, it is, notice that it, was, it qualified it by saying that these are things that are coming against God in what they do. Not every business does that. Do you understand? Do you understand the church is in the earth? Do you understand we are in the earth? Okay, so we're not bad. <laughs> I pray we're not bad. Okay, all right. <laughs> I say by faith we're not bad. <laughs> okay, all right. All right, so we're, we're not a part of that. Amen? But you need to understand that <clears throat> there are things in this world 
And we, we, we get a little bit of a hint of some of those things in the papers and in the news every so often. See, the devil doesn't want to tell on itself. That's why it's very hard to actually see what's going on out there. Because we, we only get what the people in the world want to tell us. Do you know whoever controls the information is controlling how people think? Can, can, I, can I say that? Alright. And people will fight with you about stuff that they think they believe because they're convinced of it because it's from their own volition that they have decided it to be true. When in actual fact, they have been influenced. And the influence runs so deep that they think now it is them. Wouldn't that be wonderful if it was applied to the things of God? Mm? That you have been so influenced by God and His Word that the way you are is just like Jesus Christ. And, you know, and everybody says, oh, no, 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 that's just the way they are. They're just kind, they're just generous, they're just patient. Amen? Wouldn't it be wonderful if we demonstrated those qualities in the same way that the world insists on all the stuff that they've been sold as lies to be true? Okay, yeah? Alright, okay. Let's move on. In his commentary, I. Howard Marshall says that John is thinking of the source of opposition to God and the source of temptation to sin. Do you understand that? The source of opposition to God, when he talks about the world, and the source of temptation to sin. There is no suggestion that the Christian is to hate the material world or its inhabitants, or that he or she should refrain from contact with them. John is thinking of the attractions of a life lived in opposition to the commandments of God. Did you get that? The attractions of a life lived in opposition to the commandments of God. And uh, one in which God's laws for the use of the world and the things in it are disobeyed. See, God put things on this planet for us to enjoy. What's wrong is when we take it and use it to hurt people and hurt ourselves. Do you understand? And those are the things that we, you know, that's what's not good. That's what God says don't do. Are you all with me? Alright. <clears throat> so, what we understand from all of this is that we need to be careful. That's why John is saying don't love the world or the things in the world. Amen? Because what happens is it begins to draw us away from what, the, you know, even in the simplest things. If God tells us, this is, you know, this is for your good. Let's say he blesses you with a car. Drive it responsibly. Don't take out all the pedestrians. <laughs> okay? Don't drive it too fast. You know, don't do wheelies in it. You know what I'm trying to say? See, I don't know how many people's lives have been ruined. Not just the people that died as a result of a car, you know, uh, knocking them down, running over them, whatever it is. The person that did it as well, their life is destroyed as well. Do you understand? And, that's, and, and then you think, God, if I, if, if I didn't have this car, none of that would have happened. Do you see what I'm saying now? That's what we need to be careful about. That's what we need to watch out for. Amen? That's what happens when we begin to love the world and the things in it. 
And then pride begins to see. We do a lot of that stuff because of pride. Because we're showing off. How do you know? <laughs> I won't tell you how I know. Anyway, <laughs> you know, it is a miracle of God that I'm here today, standing before you. Seriously. You know, I just think if my parents didn't pray, I'd be six feet under by now. I'm serious. The way I used to drive, it, it just, it scares me to think about the stuff I did. You know, I mean, I just think, how did I live through that? Just stupid things. You know, when I talk about stupid people, I'm putting my hand up, okay? Because I was there. I did that. All right. <laughs> That's why <clears throat> the Apostle Paul says in Galatians 6.14, As for me, I want to finish with this scripture. He says, God forbid that I should boast about anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of that cross, now listen, he says, my interest in this world died long ago. Or as the New King James Version puts it, the world has been crucified to me. That's what it means. My interest in this world died long ago. So his interest in worldly things died a long time ago. Alright, and listen to the second part. In, this is again from the New Living Translation, which is so clear. He says, and the world's interest in me is also long dead. Listen to me. If all the wrong people in this world are interested in you, be concerned. <laughs> For the wrong reasons. You know, I want to put on a Sri Lankan accent now. I know you, bugger. I know what you did before. You know all those things. And, you, and they, they entice you to do things that you've left. And hopefully you've left. And hopefully they know you've left. And if they're asking you, why are they asking you? What are you doing that we don't know about? No. <laughs> no. Okay. But you know, you, you, you just need, you need to check and see if the world is still looking to you from that place. Because I know there was a point in my life that I went from being known for being very, very bad to somebody that, okay, you know, on the other side, okay, I, I became too holy and super spiritual, but I kind of had to do that in order to find the middle one day. Because I'd, I'd gone so far in this direction, I thought, you know, I, I was a guy that sold out, if I, you know, whatever I did, I did it with all my might, you know what I'm trying to say? And so I, when I went that way, I went that way with all my might. When I switched sides, I switched sides with all my might. That was not good, okay? In that, I drove people up the wall, all right? And then I found middle ground. I found that it is important for me to be that way, but not insist that others be that way. But can I say something? The world stopped expecting things of me. They asked me to sing a song. I'd sing a Jesus song. And they go, oh God, no. I said, well, you asked me to sing. That's what you get. Remember I told you I was super spiritual. Before that, you ain't nothing but a hound dog. You know what I'm trying to say? Okay, the dog left. Okay, with no more hound dog. <laughs> you know, now it was, you know, he is Jehovah. You know, okay. And they go, what is this? You know, especially all the unsaved groups. You know what I'm trying to say? And, and then suddenly I started, you know, getting this reputation of, okay. You know, I just don't have it in me. It's really, that dog is really lame now. You know, when I say nothing but a hound dog, you're dead dog, you know, okay. It, but you know why? Because it doesn't mean anything to me. That doesn't interest me. Are you all here? And we need to come to that place where those things don't interest us. 
We can't be in the place where we're saying, Oh, I wish I could go back. If you're there, then there is something still in you that shouldn't be there. That's pulling you. Amen? What's in me now pulls me towards God. I can understand and I can enjoy the things in the world, but I don't let things into my heart. Are you all here? And some things, honestly, I have to admit, there are some things I just can't listen to. But can I say this on the other side? There are some religious things I can't listen to either. I am serious, man. Some of the religious stuff is worse than a, a really bad worldly song. Do you know why? Because the stuff that goes wrong in religion, it really paints a bad picture of God. I can't handle that. I, I just cannot. You know, when you love someone, you know how, who they are and how, you know, what they are. God is love. God is light. And people start saying stuff that puts them down. I, I just can't manage that. I'd much rather hear, you know, it's a fine time to leave me, Lucille. You know, I'd much rather hear something worldly than to hear that stuff. Turn the radio back on. I'm just being honest with you. It's funny how we'll go to every meeting, listen to good stuff and bad stuff, and then condemn other things. Are you all here? Okay. We will continue this next week and, and go into more depth. We were going, we, next time we come back, we'll look at the love aspect. What does he mean by do not love the world? All right. With that, let's have every head bowed, every eye closed.